I am Kyle. And I am Trevor. And today, Kyle will be catching up on cinema. Yes. So, last time around, Kyle selected a movie for me. A movie which I had never seen before, but a movie that was apparently very near and dear to his heart. Much to my surprise. That I wouldn't was... say near and dear, but I say worth a watch. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stretching things a little bit. Yes. Point is, he picked the movie. And the movie he had selected was Dan Aykroyd's Nothing But Trouble. So, this time around, I got to pick the movie. And the movie that I selected was called Undisputed 2. Last Man Standing from 2006. I should have known it was going to be a Scott Atkins movie that you'd pick first. <laughs> so, Kyle and I used to work together, shoulder to shoulder, and oftentimes we'd find ourselves talking about movies. And there was this one actor slash martial artist that would come up in conversation, always brought up by me, because, of course, Kyle has no idea who this person is. And that person is Scott Atkins. Who is Scott Atkins, you might ask? Well, can I, can I actually just jump in real quick? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Fine. You can you can talk. Okay, so it Scott Atkins or as I like to call him the Fury of Ray Parks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Kyle has a, a running gag where he likes to he likes to get in the the heads of like Hollywood actors and what it must be like to be in the casting room for other movies. So for the, the example that comes to mind, Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich. Imagine what it must must have been like to be Skeet Ulrich at the height of Johnny Depp's powers. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in the waiting room. You're waiting to audition. You're Skeet Ulrich, and then you see that Kentuckian motherfucker come through the door, and you just decide to leave. I think it's probably (laughs) hard to be any actor at the height of Johnny Depp's powers. Yeah, yeah, but just picture their faces side by side. And just imagine what it must have been like to be Skeet Ulrich. I don't want to. And Kyle's not wrong. Scott Adkins and Ray Park both happen to be British. They both happen to be fairly short men that are very acrobatic and immensely talented martial artists. But they also happen to be contemporaries who both have very similar skill sets. Also anemic acting talent, to be honest. If you don't know who Ray Parks is, he played Darth Maul in uh, Episode 1. He's the only good part of that entire movie. Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. um, I think Peter Serafinowicz did his voice, though. Um, they wouldn't even let him talk. <laughs> no, they wouldn't even let that motherfucker talk. He's also, was it fro- what Toad or what? yes, he played Toad yeah. in the first X Men film, uh, um, right around the same time. So that was that was the that was the wave. That was he, the Ray Park wave. He has a very very funny cameo in um, Fanboys. 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 Yeah, yeah. You showed me the clip. It's that so was genuinely good. funny. It was really good. Anyway, sorry. Go back to yeah. uh, go so a little bit of setup uh, before we get into the details of the movie. So Scott Adkins, um, the reason why I picked this movie is because this was the first time I took notice of Scott Adkins. Now, I have a DVD shelf over there on the other side of the room that Kyle's eyeing right now that is packed to the hilt with martial arts films. It's a genre that's very important to me. And oftentimes I find myself like pers- like going out of my way to follow the careers of stunt actors, guys who... My dad used to call them other that guy. So like Michael Ironside, for instance. My dad could never be bothered to learn Michael Ironside's name, but that guy's face and that guy's voice, holy shit. Like yeah. you you know that guy when he walks in the room. They're it's iconic, like yeah. it's like, oh it's, it's that guy. Yeah. And like Danny Trejo before Machete and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was a that guy. Yeah. Character actors. 
I'm that way with martial arts actors where there's always a stuntman who usually doesn't talk, but he's usually in the background and he's there. You, as soon as you see him, you know he's going to fall down some stairs or something mm-hmm. or he's going to do a flip or after Jackie Chan's beating up everyone in the room, that guy's going to be the last guy and they're going to go at it for three minutes. They're guys that you say, this is the part where you fall down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe yourself off. You did. <laughs> yeah, so Undisputed 2 came out in 2006. I was in college at the time. And I remember this movie, despite being released direct-to-DVD, actually um, got some t- TV time. Like, Ooh. they actually advertised it on TV. I think I was watching, like, Spike or something, obviously. They advertised Smoking Aces too, so <laughs> that does not surprise me. Okay, maybe that doesn't mean as mu- <laughs> Maybe that doesn't hold as much prestige as I'm, as I'm making it out to. Jesus. Shut up, Scott Atkins is my boy. Anyway. Anyway, anyway so... The only other movie up to this point that I had seen Scott Adkins in was Unleashed. Uh, I think it was from a few years prior, uh, starring Jet Li. Good movie if you haven't seen it. Fun movie. Um, well acted. Bob Hoskins is kick-ass in it. He's Whoa, great. Was that his last role? No, 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 no. He was around for a while after that. This was like 2003. Okay. Anyway, Scott Adkins and one of the other people in Undisputed 2, uh, Silvio Simak, he's a big Croatian motherfucker um, <laughs> uh, the two of them have a scene uh, there, there's like a three on one fight with Jet Li it's the centerpiece of the whole movie basically oh boja inside joke sorry but um, Scott Adkins basically just plays a uh, I think he's just like named gladiator or something pool gladiator <laughs> he has like spiked hair he looks kind of like a backstreet boy he's he still has the baby face because it was like 2003 at the time um and he's wearing like uh bmx gear or something oh everybody was yeah um and he's notable for handling a spear slash staff pretty well and doing a backflip so that, that was his first role? That no, first... no, it wasn't his first role. It was the first role I ever saw him Okay, in. okay. So this was like three years prior. Okay. And I didn't take notice because IMDb wasn't really a thing for me yet. And I wasn't that into it just yet. So... I think people were still using dial-up at that point, so just jumping onto IMDb was... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that that was a whole production. It's like, am I going to look at porn or look up I'm... martial artists on the IM... internet movie database? Put your hands together. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Do the math. Which one are you going with? I mean, you're tying up the phone. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Time is of the essence. You can't do both. <laughs> so yeah, the first time I saw him was Unleashed. And that was like three years prior. And of course, I, I didn't take notice to who he was. I remember his contribution to that movie, but I didn't know his name. I didn't know his background. Now, flash forward a few years later, and Undisputed 2 comes out on DVD. I'm in college. I'm bored off my ass. So I run out to Best Buy on the strength of a commercial I saw on, of course, the Spike Network, because this movie has MMA in it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yes. yes. To, yeah, it, the testosterone levels are through the roof of yeah. this movie. Yeah. Oh, jeez. There's not a... There's, not, there's one... I think there's one female character in the whole movie. Uh, and that was for their safety. I, I, think. I think... Yeah, I think she was just, like, standing in the background of one of the bar scenes or something. She's the number two... Oh, no, 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 no I'm sorry. There are... There are stripper slash yeah, dancer yeah that's what i'm talking an actual character. i was being polite <laughs> the actual character oh yeah there's yeah, an actual okay. female there, there is an actual female but anyway i yeah go ahead. anyway so i go out to best buy i buy this movie almost entirely on the strength of a single kick a single kick interesting um you may i'm not sure if your brain recorded this because you've only seen the movie for the first time very recently yes um, i've seen this movie several times um 
There is a kick that Scott Adkins does that has been nicknamed the Giver kick. I know exactly which kick you're talking about. So he basically goes for, I don't know martial arts, but I'm going to say a Ryu. This is the kind of kick where we have, uh, I like to, it's like a check mark. So we've got one leg behind and then the other leg perfectly straight with the heel like like trying to connect. He misses and then kicks with the other foot. So he jumps up in the air with his left leg and yes. does a leaping, spinning back kick. Over his o- head. Over his over opponent's head. head. And then the other leg whips out and just with the strength of his the, knee hinge, yes. just whips out and slaps the guy in the face. Well, he has momentum. Yes. And the momentum is, yeah, basically. But the point is his hip face. isn't going into it. It's just his his knee just whips out. I thought it was a wasted effort, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, it's shot in slow, beautiful slow motion. It it sells well. It has impact, despite the fact that in real life, I'm sure it has none. But um, before we get into the choreography, which I do want to talk about, oh yeah, uh, the fight We're, choreography, yeah, I which can, is I can talk. mostly what this movie is going to be about, uh, or our discussion is going to be about. Probably. Do you want to give the rundown? Because just real quick, um, this Undisputed Two. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, I've seen pieces of Undisputed One. I kind of remember it was like Ving Rhames is going to have to fight Wesley Snipes yes. in prison. Um, only thing I remember is what's the dude from Short Circuit, Fisher Stevens. Yes, um, he's in the crowd he's, talking he's, shit. Yeah. yeah, and then Ving Rhames is like, "You want to you want to fucking <laughs> do something?" Yeah. Okay, that's that's all I remember from the hey, first. Hey, don't movie. forget that Peter Falk is in that too. Columbo, he's the guy who puts the fight together. Anyway, anyway, go ahead. Um, so yeah. I saw this movie on the strength of that single clip, that single clip, uh, in that commercial, and there's a there's a movie that's on my shelf. Uh, it's called Giver Two: Dark Hero. Um, biggest star in that movie, uh, David Hayter, who does the voice of Solid Snake. Um, oh, from in the, uh, in the video Metal, games, Metal Gear Solid. Yes, um, and uh, also wrote the first X Men movie. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's besides the point. We'll do the plot. Let's, let's okay. Let's get, get to the plot. Give them, give them the plot. But what the point about the Giver thing was that uh, that same kick is featured in that movie, okay. and that's why it gets the name of the Giver kick. Anyway, uh, so Undisputed is a franchise film. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the sequel. I decided to start off with this one because my emotional attachment to the first film is nil. Yeah. Um, the boxing scenes in it are pretty good in the sense that the two of the the two guys uh have the physicality to sell it uh wesley snipes obviously has no problem selling the fact that he's a boxer mm-hmm. um he's and a lot more lithe than uh, ving rames who's built like a fucking truck yeah he's he's a linebacker for uh, the two of them uh their scuffles together are pretty good but the the central plot of the undisputed film which actually does directly carry over to the sequel yes and only the first sequel not there's four movies in the series by the way um the first two are directly connected and the the last three are directly connected oh, gotcha so ving rames's character um in the first undisputed film is a he's the heavyweight champion of the world um mm-hmm. came out at a certain period of time where a certain mike tyson was you know getting rape charges and going to prison and we have a similar setup with his character where he is champion of the world loses his title and goes to prison i don't think he loses it in the ring though he's stripped of his title so the plot of the first undisputed film is he goes to prison he's kind of a uh, um, he's kind of a prima donna yeah. and he's he swings his weight around uh, he feels he's above the prisoners mm-hmm. despite being charged with rape and assault and yeah. stuff like that um it's they do a good job of leaving it ambiguous as to whether or not he actually did it mm-hmm. 
But the point is, he is heavyweight champion of the world, but in the prison, Wesley Snipes is the champion of the prison. Blade. So uh, Peter Falk sees that there's there's a fight coming, so he makes arrangements to make everyone a lot of money and get the two of them to fight each other in the prison. And, spoiler alert, at the end, Ving Rhames loses. Good. The heavyweight champion of the world, who, as far as I know, is supposed to be like undefeated in the ring. Mm-hmm. But he gets out of prison. He serves his time, and he comes back into society. And the end of the movie is he is shown winning back the title, and like Wesley Snipes is having a laugh about that, where he's like, I beat him, like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm still here. Yeah. So the sequel swaps out Ving Rhames for Michael Jai White. Yes. Um, he's a monster in this. He, <laughs> just real quick, he is... If he's not on HGH, <laughs> he like it's the first when he when they show it when they introduce him with his shirt off. Yes, like, you see him with his shirt off. I was I let out an audible. Fuck, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> he is like cut like a professional athlete. Like he is jacked. Yeah, just and just crazy chiseled. Yeah. Yeah. No, one of his man boobs is the size of my entire torso. It's not a joke. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> same goes for Scott Atkins because he's not. He's not a small he's, dude. He's either. not as well. Funny enough, he actually is, but in terms of height. Oh, um, height. Yes, he's um, short. But anyway. But I, go ahead. so yeah, the the sequel, the setup is, um, an indeterminate amount of time has passed, and Michael Jai White is playing the same character. He is no longer heavyweight champion of the world, though. It seems like he's retired, maybe. Oh, so Michael Jai White is supposed to be Ving Rhames. Yes, he's oh, the exact same that. character. I did not realize um, that. And it's kind of a neat angle because um, early in the film we have a scene where he is. Uh, doing a vodka commercial yes and it feels like straight out of lost in translation where bill murray's doing his liquor commercial in japan mm-hmm. and this is this is the fate of actual pro athletes a lot mm-hmm. of times is you know you don't have skills outside of what what you bring yes. from a physical standpoint so you need to find other ways to you know secure your brand and make money so it's not unrealistic to believe that a ex-heavyweight boxer with rape charge on his record is now doing vodka commercials in some part of Eastern Europe. And the long story short, the movie is about him uh, being wrongfully accused of drug possession in somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah. And he gets thrown into a prison, and he can't seem to find his way out because uh, there's a lot of corruption keeping him in there. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the entire impetus for this wrongful imprisonment is that there is a prison champion who Russian gangsters are profiting quite a bit from uh, but it turns out that they're actually losing money now because he's so undefeated and undefeatable that they want this American heavyweight boxer to challenge him and potentially dethrone him so they can make a shit ton of money off of the betting odds. Mm-hmm. So he finds himself in a situation where he's basically forced to fight Scott Adkins, who plays the antagonist of the film. Boyka. Boyka. Yuri Boyka. So uh, basically the film ends up being... a. Sp- like an hour and a half journey of this guy finding himself in prison, learning a little bit of humility, and throwing down with Scott Adkins a couple times, and mm-hmm. eventually escaping from prison. Yes, getting. Yes, he does get. Well, out. Well, he he gets out legitimately. Yes. So yeah, that's our basic plot summary. There's not much to it. It's a pretty basic straight-to-video martial arts film. Yes. Um, but it's it stands out to me in a lot of ways and but be very curious to hear what your first impression thoughts of it were well first of all i'm not uh one i'm i'm not a martial arts movie 
person, nor am I really a sports movie person. Okay. Um, there are some exceptions. I do love Any Given Sunday. Uh, remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I like the football movies. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> you um, basically named three football movies. Although I would say that Any Given Sunday is it, a little bit different in that there is there is games, but it's also kind of showing the like behind the scenes of the NFL and kind of how it's corrupt. Well, it attempts to inject a, a little bit of reality yes. to the proceedings. Um, greatest sports movie of all time um, probably is Miracle, uh, just because if you watch that actual match, mm-hmm. you watch that actual match between USA and the USSR, Yeah, uh, it's pretty <laughs> fucking incredible. Um, I- also, Kurt Russell doing... The best Chicago accent you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so I'm not really much into sports movies or the fighting movies. I did like The Fighter. I thought that was good, but that was more drama than it yeah, really that was. That was a family fighting. drama with, yeah. with fighting. With with Christian Bale being a crackhead. That was the, that was the movie. It was Christian he Bale and, being he a crackhead. He and the mom stole that movie from me. Really good. Marky though. Mark was the least part of I it. I don't really like Marky Mark. He was Mark. the smallest element. Amy yeah. Adams is good. Amy Adams is good. Yeah, she's she, uh, pretty trashy, too. Oh, yeah, she did that well. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was actually, when he said Undisputed 2, I'm like, okay, that's a fighting movie. And I know they're, I'm like, I kind of recognize the title. And then I looked it up, and the first thing I see is Scott Atkins. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so I'm actually just going to mention something now. I am going to try to keep this on track as best as possible because Trevor is a huge Scott Atkins fan. Um, deservedly, I would say, um, once we get into the choreography oh, yeah. and, and how he moves, I'm like, I completely understand why you wanted me to watch this movie. Um, I found it more watchable than I was expecting. I think so. Uh, I think so, too. I was like, I was kind of dreading it at first. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a fighting movie. But <laughs> well, also direct-to-video. Also direct-to-video. Yeah, shot video. in Eastern Europe, probably. Um, yeah, legit. <laughs> legit in Eastern Europe. Um, but I feel like I needed some more exposure to Michael Jai White because I've heard Black Dynamite is really good. Michael Jai White is a very talented actor. He has a lot of charisma. What's funny about him is, uh, aside from Black Dynamite... To me, he always seems a little uneasy playing, like, I guess more streetwise characters. Because he's, he's very articulate and measured in his temperament. Gamble from uh, Dark Knight. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. I liked him in that. Like, it was a very small... Enough, Enough with the clown! <laughs> it just sounds like it was a small... Enough with the clown! Um, Wanda! Wanda! I, I actually, when I, when I saw it was Michael Jai White, I'm like, okay, I need to... I've, I've heard that he he's a really good martial artist, and uh, I actually saw a video of him teaching Kimbo Slice how to punch. Yeah, on, yeah. I don't remember what movie. No, it was. Michael Jai White shows up at a lot of uh, a lot of boxing and MMA matches and stuff. Um, I think Kimbo was in like Blood and Bone with him. Is that what it was? Blood and Bone is a, a direct-to-video movie that Michael Jai White starred mm-hmm. in. That had uh, I think Kimbo might have been in there. I know for sure Bob uh, Bob Sapp was in there. Mm. Warren Sapp's like cousin. Okay. Even bigger than Jesus. Warren Sapp. He's he's fucking monster. <laughs> um, we do, um, but the one thing that I that Trevor and I do talk about is we do like MMA. Um, I don't watch it as much anymore. Um, I was introduced to um, the UFC when it was like steamrolling, like in the late two thousands when it was just okay. getting huge. So, so this was around that time. Yeah. So. This is, yeah, just pretty much right around that time. Um, I am really excited for McGregor's next fight. Uh, Khabib. Yeah. Nurmagomedov. Yeah, side note. Anyway, (laughs) um, so let's just, I'll just, my first note, um, 
is the choreo- choreography is sped up a little during the fight scenes, which I wasn't really expecting. Um, one thing I did notice immediately, um, the guy that he is fighting, he's got to be on some kind of PED. Oh, are you talking about the first fight in the movie? Very f- The opening fight. Yeah, that was uh, Silvio Simak, the gigantic Croatian guy I mentioned mm-hmm. that was also in Unleashed with him. Um, yeah, he's on something he's on something <laughs> but scott Atkins, frosted highlights are probably not actually highlights it's probably just his actual hair just like juiced well i did notice something they did use uh quite a bit of overhead lighting in the fights to mm-hmm. really get those six packs to pop but <laughs> first thing i noticed was that okay these dudes are legit martial artists because yes. like i see kickboxing all over the fucking place um especially with scott atkins you can see He's got that Jean Claude Van Damme. I can put my <laughs> arm in, or I can put my leg up to a K, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's no joke. Um, but I did notice that the uh, fight scenes were kind of sped up. Now I don't well, know what that was for. I uh, so the, both the the fights are both sped up, and uh, they do something called ramping, mm-hmm. um, speed ramping. Where um, the most mainstream example that comes to mind is three hundred. Mm-hmm. Where you slow down, speed up, speed it up. Yeah. and they do a lot of that. Um, this is something that I hadn't noticed in uh, a lot of at least American action choreography too much at this point in time. Uh, nowadays, it's old hat, but at that time it, it was kind of uncommon. Um, the funny thing about the choreography in this movie is that um, you say it looks speed up. It looks sped up. It looks sped up. Um, that's very, very, very common. Um, mm-hmm. Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, all those guys do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just how filming is done. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, I think, has to do with safety and precision. Um, the thing about the choreography in this movie that I noted was that it's actually a little slower than I remember it. Um, but the camera choreography, the camera movement, is beautifully in sync with the movements. Where I, they do a lot of high-low kind of stuff, where somebody will flick out something up high, and then the camera will tilt very rapidly down low mm-hmm. and the action is always in the center of the frame and very clear clearly focused so um this movie is directed by isaac florentine um he's an israeli fella um this is a very israeli production actually now that i mention it um isaac florentine uh avi lerner produced it he did he did pretty much like all the classic action stars but like after the fact (laughs) so like imagine like stallone in his twilight years and van damme and dolph lundgren Mm -hmm. pretty much anyone who was in the expendables after their star had waned gotcha avi lerner was involved in that so pretty much everybody except for arnold in the 90s yeah (laughs) and then uh mark ivanir uh who played gaga the russian gangster guy he's fucking awesome i love him in that we'll we'll get to him yeah yeah, yeah. i love um, that dude if you look up his fucking imdb he's been in every movie he's been with Fafman. He's been with Fafman. He's been with Fafman. Yes. Wow. He's he's worked with Spielberg. He's worked with Fafman. He's he's crazy. like he's like an acting god. That's pretty crazy. And yeah, he's like Israeli Ukrainian or something. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in Twister and Along Came Polly. No, so. this, this movie is like there are four stars in this movie, and he's one of the four. And Fafman's with him. Oh wow! Like shoulder to shoulder. This shit's real. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you might want to look him up. All right. But yeah, we'll get to him because yeah, he's yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, I like him. But yeah, the choreography in this movie, um, a big part of why I think it's handled so well is that the director is Isaac Florentine. And he, um, again, Israeli, so he did time in the military. I think he was actually a martial arts instructor. I think his, I think they all have to do at least two years. Yes, so that makes sense. I think he did like three and he was a martial arts instructor outside of the military. Um, so he's very well versed in martial arts himself before a film director. 
So, and in addition to that, um, most of his filmography prior to this movie was direct-to-video stuff, but also episodes of Power Rangers, ooh. where you need to put together choreographed fight scenes with multiple people on a budget and on schedule. Yeah. So for him, fight choreography is probably something that's like, not only do you have to be good about it, you got to be quick. Yeah. So working in a direct-to-video environment is probably suitable for him. Okay. And the choreographer of the movie is this guy, J.J. Perry, mm-hmm. um, that... Nowadays, so this is then. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, though, uh, you'll find his name attached to the largest film productions in the world. Oh, like okay. He is one of the foremost choreographers going, and this was him kind of getting rolling, mm-hmm. and it shows. Like The choreography is very distinct. It's very unique. Um, the only problem I have with it is... Uh, <laughs> wrestling fan in the room <laughs> some of the storytelling gets a little muddled and maybe we'll get into this later but uh i found the final fight to be a little anticlimactic and somewhat disappointing because of that well we know who's gonna win the last fight it's we do pretty obvious um this is a movie um we know who's gonna win the last fight mm-hmm. so i did have a couple questions yeah, um, yeah one let's, let's get you in on this so is Scott Atkins, has he ever been a stunt double? Because he looks like Ryan Reynolds' stunt double on the nose. He was. Um, in in uh, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. He was? He was the stunt double? Um, remember when he had his mouth covered at the end? Yeah. The Deadpool Oh, character? that was Scott Atkins? All, the, all those trick flips and shit? That was him. I didn't realize that. That's not Ryan Reynolds. That's <laughs> Scott Atkins. Did, he do, did they let him come back for Deadpool? Um, I didn't see his name in there. <sighs> Man. I know that would have been fun to have him just be like an anonymous henchman in the background. That would have been pretty. Or neat. I mean, that's a fourth wall joke right there. Yeah, just like Deadpool calling oh, out his own his, his own stunt double. But for Deadpool, everybody has to get the jokes. Yeah. No, only and five the, people are going to. Now, get now you know the struggle that is uh, being Trevor and being a fan of this person who no one knows. Gosh, you know when I was in the theater. And I watched Doctor Strange mm-hmm. with my mom, because that's what you do. <laughs> um, the front credits, so you know how the Marvel movies, how they have like the mid-credits stinger and the, yeah. the post-credits stinger? Yeah. So because the credits are 20 minutes long, because all the, the Thai, Korean, Japanese CGI animators, mm-hmm. um, they do something that's like an animated front credit. So it's just the only cast members they list are like the director, the writer, the producer, and the principal cast. Mm-hmm. Scott Adkins made the front credits no shit. of Doctor Strange. He didn't even say a word in that movie. Jeez. But I think I was the only person that did an opera clap for that in the theater. I was like, oh my god, my boy! You're my boy! You're my boy, Blue! <laughs> um, so, and then another question I have, and I think you answered it now just by going over the um, first Undisputed movie, is Yuri a prisoner? Is Scott Adkins' character a prisoner? Absolutely. Okay. Because it seemed a little... Because like, he was... He's basically... I, I don't think that Wesley Snipes' character in the first movie was running the prison. I feel like no. he probably got, like, Andy Dufresne perks. Like, nobody really messed with him. Yeah. But Yuri runs that prison for the most part. Yeah. Um, it revolves around him. All the prisoners are afraid of him. The warden is afraid of him because he's tied in with... The gangster. With the, the, with the Gaga. Mom. Yeah, Gaga. But, yeah, um, me and May as well talk about him a little bit. So, mm-hmm. Yuri Boyka... I, is now a franchise headlining character. Mm-hmm. So this movie represents the first time this character was featured on screen. Um, it's pretty much Scott Adkins' first semi-leading role. Um, he had worked with Isaac Florentine before in a movie called Special Forces, where 
again, he was mostly just a physical element of the production. He was just there for the action scenes, really. And he was impressive. And this was like 2002, 2003. But he didn't really talk at that point in time i think he had done the accidental spy with jackie chan so again Mm. he's not there to talk he's not there to contribute anything to the drama other than getting kicked and looking good falling down but this was the first time he got like a role where he was expected to act and carry portions of the film and they do a lot of weird stuff in this movie that i won't defend his acting because his accent is kind of garbage i will defend his acting you will i will defend his acting (laughs) i will not defend that accent no that is it gets it gets better by the time you get to three and four uh what is fucking ivan drago yes dolph lundgren it's it's on par with that that's essentially what's happening but i do think that um essay uh is uh He's very intense with the character, and he is. I feel like he's got a lot of like a lot of intensity, but he has to channel it through that cartoonish Russian accent. Yeah, um, he he has uh, to quote Indiana Jones. He he got a mouthful of wobble use. <laughs> he's yeah. chewing on those wobble use. He's supposed to be a Ukrainian prisoner, and what's interesting though is that even in this first movie, because he's had two more movies yeah. that were entirely his. So it he's the How the he, fuck can he have I saw the end of this movie. How the fuck does he have his own movie? Well, now he's you, done. No, now you got to see the other two cuz they're actually better, I think. I'm not watching those other. No. Two. <laughs> You're no fun, but what's interesting I think about the portrayal of the character is that there's a lot there's a lot of thought put into it that didn't need to be there cuz this mm. is a direct-to-video MMA movie. Yeah. And the soundtrack tells you right away this is a direct-to-video very the cheap. lighting makes you know. Let, hey, you know. I will defend the lighting. The, mu- the, the music, the music, I won't because it sounds like it came out of a Casio keyboard. Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley gonna get those drugs. But yeah, um, what's interesting to me about the characterization of Yuri Boyka is that even in this first go around with him, where he's the antagonist, so his screen time is fairly limited outside of punching people and stuff. The quiet moments you get with him, he's always doing something interesting. Yeah. The first time we see him, he's praying. he's praying. He's a very pious character. And this actually carries over to the sequels. Interesting. It's a part of his character. Now, is uh, Scott Atkins, is he... I don't know if that has anything to do with his personal I don't think so. Okay. He's British and not at all Russian and the friendliest guy you'll ever meet. Well, <laughs> well that doesn't mean he's not religious. I didn't know if that was just No, I don't like... think he is. Um... And then we see him playing chess. We see him stamp collecting. He's always yeah. he's you can well, you have to you have to you have to get into the mind of his character. His character is confined. He's a lifelong prisoner. He's confined, and you so. get the sense that like he has all this anger, but he also has these quieter, more focused moments. So he's there is some complexity there. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't explore it too much, but it is kind of interesting to see a character who throws his weight around all the time and commands this prison, and yet has. Mm-hmm. has this daily routine and these hobbies that really do reflect the fact that he is a prisoner yes. and is probably not going to be getting out anytime soon. Um, his, <laughs> I think I remember seeing interviews with Scott Adkins where he actually said that like the key to playing the character is just being angry all the time <laughs> and just snarling every time he talks. Um, I don't think he's a, as effective at it in this one. Uh, it does come across as like, something from Rocky and Bullwinkle, like he is a little cartoonish and he's also younger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the character works a little better when he's a little bit older and has a little bit more gruffness to his voice. But 
as an antagonist it's kind of interesting that he's just the he's more just a physical threat the actual yes the actual evil people in the plot are more the gangster and uh the corrupt manager of michael jai white's character more so than the actual guy he's fighting who I believe his manager is a famous TV writer. I think he wrote for That's Cheers. Ken Lerner, I think. Is that, did he write for Cheers? Um, he's been on a lot of TV shows. Um, I know him mostly as an actor, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was a writer because I also wouldn't be surprised if he was related to Avi Lerner. <laughs> I, I think he's a writer, but I, I really don't know. He, he's a little bit out of my generation. Um, so, yeah, so he is... Michael Jai White is... In Russia, Ukraine, Eastern Europe, they talk. <laughs> they talk like Eastern Europeans um, in a cold place. So <laughs> a cold place. he gets set up. They they were trying to get him in prison, and he gets set up having drugs, which I guess is a huge deal uh, there. Um, so they basically just send him to prison. No, I don't think there's no trial. A, no trial. <laughs> they just throw throw him in a truck and take him there. I guess because. In, at least in this country, you typically are in jail for a little bit until you are sentenced to prison. Yeah. In this case, you're just sentenced <laughs> to prison. Well, I mean, it's a cheap movie. I'm sure yeah. they just and it's a fighting movie. They just want to get it. I get, wanna, get it to where it needs to go. I don't want to pick it apart. I don't. Yeah. I, it, there's. It's but fine. The the main thing to take away is that he is wrongfully accused. Yes. So there's some gangster fellows, uh, presumably hired by Gaga, to plant the drugs in his apartment. This, and uh, also, his manager is in on it. This I thought this was this was interesting. The the prison is basically run by the mob, which yes. was so. This why I'm assuming this is Russia because I remember this was a uh, this was actually happening in Russia, mm-hmm. uh, 80s. I guess maybe late 80s, early 90s, something. As soon like that. as the wall came down, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was it was basically run by the mob, and that's the thread that they're going with. So. Um, he thinks that he's getting out. Like, he's just yeah. kind of... Now, as soon as he gets there, he's like, I'll be out in a few days anyway, so yeah. I'm just gonna... I think he doesn't even want to leave his cell, for the most part, in, until he's urged by his roommate, Stevie. Yes, cellmate, Stevie. rather. Oh, Stevie. Question, why did they... S- so, at first, I'm like, isn't it convenient how he's paired up with the one British person in this prison? But I thought about it. I'm like, as far as a prison goes, if you know that this guy only speaks English, yep. send him with the other guy that speaks yep. English. So send that him actually with makes the guy sense. with the drug habit who speaks English. It actually makes a lot of sense. When yeah, I thought no, about I actually kind of like Stevie as a character. He's I good. thought he was very sympathetic mm-hmm. and complex enough that. And you know he's gonna die. Yeah, you know he's so you dead. You know he's dead. Like I thought they were gonna kill him as mo- like as a motivator. Like I thought they were gonna. Yeah, it, it's funny actually. The plot progression of this movie is a little goofy because it's like Chambers, aka Michael Jai White's character, George the Iceman Chambers, goes to prison. Um, he gets shacked up with Stevie, and Stevie is meant to be like his handler. So mm-hmm. he was planted there there by the gangsters because he has a drug habit that they use to control him. And uh, when it come when it finally comes time for Michael Jai White to fight Scott Adkins um, at for the benefit of the mob because of course yeah. they're placing bets on these fights and televising it from the prison. Um, Stevie ends up betraying him, and I forget if it's because I forget if he kills himself out of guilt. Guilt. It was guilt. Yeah. So he ends up drugging uh, Michael Jai White's water in between rounds because there's rounds in these fights, <laughs> um, and then uh, Michael Jai White ends up getting woozy in the ring and gets knocked out in their yeah. first encounter. And then shortly thereafter, I think right after, so Michael Jai wakes up and is 
his cell and he's all bruised and battered and then he finds stevie hanging Mm -hmm. with a suicide letter um basically michael jai white's character learns (laughs) jujitsu that's what this movie is is like you're a good fighter and you were definitely going to beat him but now you've pissed him off and you have to learn jujitsu yeah um so we may as well get into that uh one thing i like about uh the first fight in particular between Scott Adkins and Michael J. White is that so Boyka uh, yeah Scott Adkins's character is his m- mantra like his motto is I am the most complete fighter in the world yes and to the credit of him and the choreographers they do a very good job of showing him to be just that yes um, his versatility is immense like he does flying kicks. He does low kicks. He does every. He does jabs. He does crosses. He does jujitsu. I didn't see a single time where I was like that was wire work. Like he's there, jumping around. There like a is crazy none part. in the movie, as far as I know. In fact, um, I remember watching the special features, and the only time they use stunt doubles was two falls that they do. One is um, in the cafeteria when they tackle each other. Mm-hmm. So they just have a little scuffle, and they just fall onto a, ta- a breakaway table. Yeah. Um, I guess Michael Jai White insisted on having a stunt double for that. And when they, um, at the end of the first round in their first fight, they go over the top rope and fall out of the ring. Yeah. Again, stunt double That's there. That's fine. Other yeah. than that, neither of them had doubles. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so they did all their own fighting moves and no wires because this is in the post Ongbok world mm-hmm. where that meant something. <laughs> because the ubiquity of wire work after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was redonkulous. I don't think Americans knew what wire work was until well, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. No, we were using it. We had it. Um, it's that blatant. Besides the Matrix, I think. <laughs> what was? What came... I think the worst wire work I've ever seen is. Well, I think they're both directed by the same guy. Uh, he did. I call it the uh, the Kung Fu Hip Hop Connection. So this one guy, I can't remember his name. I wish I had it on the tip of my tongue. But um, Exit Wounds, Romeo Must Die, mm. and uh, Cradle to the Grave. Jeez. All these movies have two things in common: kung fu and, and hip hop. DMX or uh, DMX. Uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. <laughs> yeah, Aaliyah and Romeo Must Die. I think DMX is in two of those. Yes, Cradle okay. to the Grave. He's the main character of Cradle to the Grave. It's not a Jet Li movie. It's a it's a DMX movie. Interesting. Anyway, um, Romeo Must Die and Exit Wounds have the worst wire work I think I've ever seen. Mm. And Romeo Must Die, Jet Li looks like he is literally on a playground swing when he's kicking Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson yeah, in a fight scene with Jet Li. And then Exit up. Wounds, 250-pound Steven Seagal on wires. Ooh, you know he's breaking that shit. It's, it's beautiful. I wish, I mean, Tom Arnold's in that movie. I wish he had been on wires. I would have loved to see that. Um, would you say that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon has good wire work? Because it's, bl- it's blatant. Like you, It's obvious. So you there, can very much see it. Teaching moment. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Um, there is a subgenre of film. Okay. Um, Wuja. Okay. Uh, it's basically like fantastical, like Chinese period film. So it's kind of like how uh, Japanese have like kabuki plays. Okay. And there's an expression my grandpa used to use when he was watching uh, pro wrestling as Japanese. Shibai means mm-hmm. fake. And oh, so okay. they would he would shout that when like when the pro wrestling looked phony. And how, how do you w- say it? Shibai. Shibai? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Wuja, that's part of the aesthetic. It, there's an expectation that oh, okay. the costumes will look okay. a certain way. The style of drama is more operatic because that's where it comes from okay. stage performance. 
and the wire work is supposed to be it's supposed to be it's supposed to be kind of hokey it's kind of phony okay so it's a cultural difference okay so yeah it i would say it's very good okay the wire work that is because that's what it is servicing is it's supposed to be okay the the thing about the first fight though between scott atkins and michael jai white um that i like is that scott atkins prefaces things by saying i'll beat you at your own game fists only yeah um point is this is the former heavyweight champion of the world Obviously, still in fucking great shape. Yeah. <laughs> miraculously, Jesus. miraculously, even better shape than he was in the first movie. Even though, you know, because <laughs> Ving Rhames is not gonna. I mean, he's a big guy, but next to Michael Jai White, no, no, not in the same league. That's a that's a that's a difference between a, like a wide receiver and then a DT. <laughs> <laughs> two different positions, two different physiques. Yeah, that's right. So, what happens in the first round of that first fight is that. Boyka does try to fight him fist for fist. He does. And it doesn't go well, which is appropriate. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's That's what, At I mean, one point, the best boxer in his weight class in the entire world fighting a guy in prison. It's the McGregor-Mayweather uh, discussion. Yeah. It's like, yeah. as soon as you put... He's him, out of his element. As soon as you put him out of his element, he's, he, he was beaten. It's, it's and, Steve Irwin versus that goddamn Stingray. But, yeah. He was out of his element. Out he out belongs in a swamp. <laughs> he doesn't do oceans. Get him out of the ocean. Yeah. Damn it. If I was on that boat, goddamn it. <laughs> Get out of the ocean. Get out of the ocean. Get away from him. Um, he wants you on the rope, Steve. Yeah, but it, the thing is, as soon as you put, as soon as you put Mayweather in the octagon, like it's oh no, it's it'll be the opposite. Ten seconds. Yeah, well, it'll, any, it'll be even worse. Any experienced MMA fighter yeah. is just yeah. I mean, we've seen it already with James Tony and Randy Couture. Okay, so the first fight, yes, um, Michael Jai White is more or less poisoned. Yes, but doesn't Yuri decide that he's going to just start kicking anyway? What happens is, um, and this is a little bit of a flaw in the choreography, um, and this happens a couple times in the movie where people take an unreasonable amount of damage and just miraculously spring up. Yeah. The, oh, he was getting his ass kicked. The first fight in the movie with the giant Croatian guy, Silvio Simak, mm-hmm. um, you'll remember he gets he gets some wild kicks and, and gets felled and gets grounded and pounded. Yeah. And then Scott Atkins gets up and roars triumphantly and suddenly the Simak stands up behind him mm-hmm. and is still ready to go. After he had his face turned in a hamburger for like twenty seconds straight. Did you, did you see Green Street Hooligans? Have you seen that? I've seen the third one, Scar- oh, starring gosh. Scott Atkins. <laughs> it's yeah, on my shelf. You might be you might be catching up with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I won't give away any spoilers, but there is a ground and pound, okay. and it you feel it like it's it's okay. legit. So I think that okay. actually might be because that's that's mostly a fighting movie. So All right. that, that's gonna be on the docket. Third one. <laughs> first one we're gonna we're gonna watch that first one okay maybe um, but, but yeah, yeah anyway. he 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 gets his face clobbered in after receiving several spinning fancy fanciful kicks and miraculously springs up to his feet and then once again gets a, a pretty awesome kick and goes down finally and in that first fight with michael jai white boyka uh, gets knocked and falls face first onto the mat yeah i thought he was, i thought that was down so what I thought was going to happen with the plot was that he was going to win his first fight, lose a second fight, and then stay to win again. Like, he was going to win on a technicality on the first one, and then lose the second one, and then have to fight him a third time mm. and overcome. But that was wrong. I, th- I think that's 
I mean, this movie is struggling to fill its 90 minutes to begin with. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this is a direct-to-DVD, so like, who knows where this is yeah, going to go. Um, so what happens after Scott Atkins falls face first is, unlike in real life when that happens, yeah. and they wave it off immediately, yeah. um, he miraculously just pops up within 10 seconds and actually calls out Michael Jai White and says, Hey! Well, remember, this isn't a this isn't an MMA fight. This is actually a boxing yeah. match. If he's, if he's sticking with rules, so yeah, he should get a count, technically. Yeah. Yeah, but he just the fact that he got up. Yeah. If usually if somebody falls down face first, that means they're out cold. Yeah. And they aren't getting up. <laughs> no, because you see the, you see the life just go from the Yeah, face. if they don't even catch themselves, no. they're gone. They're done. <laughs> and you don't want to see them take more because they will die. Yeah. Um, anyway, he springs up to his feet and he says, Hey and then they resume fighting. Mm-hmm. And immediately after that, Boyka turns into Boyka and starts throwing leg kicks and starts doing some wild shit. I will give the movie credit. They do, if you watch MMA fights at all, um, especially if there's a title, if, you, if there's a fighter you like and it, they might be a pre- 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 prelim, um, <laughs> they might not be the main event, but you're enjoying one of your fighters. But if this is a main event and you get down to that 15 seconds where, like, oh, no, he can he can take it right now. Yeah. There was actually one of those moments in that movie. I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to get him right yeah. here. But it actually didn't happen. I'm like, oh, man, they actually kind of well, got me there. That's the kind of stuff I would have expected to actually see in this movie that mm-hmm. I didn't. Because um, if you, I mean, obviously there's corruption given that there's, you know, poisonings, like yeah. spiking of water and stuff. Um, something they did in uh, Ip Man 2 where it's a, it's a corrupt fight. So it's a, a British boxer who's favored to win versus a Chinese man. Um, basically what happens is there's a scene where the round's about to end and the British guy's coming on strong and so you actually see the bell ringer like grab hold of the rope to ring the bell and then pause for a second before he rings it to let him get that one big punch in before the end of the round that's the kind of stuff I would have expected to see but then again the thing is with uh, Scott Atkins' character um, even though he rules the prison um Gaga actually wants him to lose, so it's kind of interesting that you have two parties at play. You have you have Boyka's boys, like his gang, and then you have Gaga uh, pulling the strings on the other end. So Boyka has his own support system independent mm-hmm. of the gangsters. But yeah, so the conclusion of that fight is that uh, Boyka comes on strong in the second half, but mm-hmm. the conclusion is tainted by the fact that Scott Atkins, um, his crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, swap water bottles with michael jai white um they use stevie to do it and yeah the beginning the very beginning of the second round he comes out and has nothing and gets kicked and gets knocked out all right so let's move on to after he loses now we know there has to be a mentor there's going to be a mentor coming in (laughs) yeah i honestly thought it was going to be his uh cellmate but it's actually um a character who i don't can't remember his name the guy in the wheelchair. Krot. Krot. Nikolai. <laughs> Nikolai. Um, <laughs> Very Russian. He is basically going to be um, in his corner because the guy he had in his corner was the heroin addict. Was Stevie. Yeah, it was Stevie. Who, they did a good job of showing that Stevie was an incompetent corner man. Yes. Like when he's working the pads with him, he has to, yeah, he has to yeah. teach him he how to, to hold, the pads. hold the pads. Like, uh, but the guy in the wheelchair, he cannot use his legs. Um which is interesting because he's uh, he was his he was uh, an Israeli was that was that he was uh, Spetsnaz I think okay that's so he was Russian um, 
he basically is the one that's going to teach Michael J. White uh, jujitsu um, uh, or sambo or russo or whatever yeah. system of grappling. Basically, I'm going to break your arm if you don't stop. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he actually asked him if he knows how to fight, and he's like, "No, I know how to like break people." There is an interesting uh, montage because um, you have to have a montage. This is a fighting. Movie. There's many montages in this movie, <laughs> but. They have a montage where you have four squares, where it's yeah. two of them training and two of them working out. Like yeah. it's like all kind of happening at the same time. Which I'm like, okay, speed this montage up a little bit. Yeah. I get that. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, but yeah, so Michael Jai White is still not getting it that he's you're stuck here. So to hit the nail on the head, he actually has a meeting with Gaga. Mm-hmm. The mob boss. Yeah, this is a turning point in the movie. Now, he's your typical smoking cigarettes, telling people what to do, smacking people, threatening people with death kind of thing. Yeah. Um, good threat that he had was, uh, you're pissing me off. Uh, if you fuck this up, I'm going to hang you by your balls from the tower. I'm like, holy shit. That's I've like, been saying this a long time. Threats are better if you have specifics. Yeah, that's a very specific. Like, that yeah. gives you an image and yeah, you it's like, know the pain. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's not just I'm gonna it's like, I'm gonna hurt you. It's like, no, I'm gonna do this and this and this and this. Like, <laughs> um, you would think that would help the movie Law Abiding Citizen. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it's a little, uh, a little corny when he brings it on. It's just yeah. not... Yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, Gaga has my favorite line of the movie. What's that? Uh, when Michael Jai White goes, so you the big dog. And uh, he goes, yes, I'm big dog. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah. <laughs> the little rough one. Goes, rough. Yes, I'm big dog. Rough. Rough. It's just so, it's just so good. Um, I, I had a legit laugh at it. I had, I had to write no, it down. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed his performance. He's also in the third one. Uh, not in the fourth one, unfortunately. But... Um, his his character is interesting because he's like like Walton Goggins when we were talking about the Predators movie. Mm. How he's you're not supposed to like him, but you do. He's just so affable. He's, yeah. yeah, he's just so endearing. And what's what's especially interesting about the the second film in relation to the third film is that I think the producers got wise to that. So mm. by the time we get to the third one, he's like full on good guy. Oh, okay. Like he's he's backing Boyka in the third one. Gotcha. Whereas in the second one, he he's kind of he kind of has like an antagonistic relationship to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like even the warden, like yeah. he's constantly threatening him. Um, Michael Jai White, he's basically coercing him into fighting for him. Yeah. And Boyka, he he grudgingly supports because he's the best fighter, so he can't just like yeah, he's stuck there. He yeah, to, he, he can't he can't forcibly remove him. Like he can't just kill him or something. This is what's interesting is um, I. Rewatched Snatch not too long ago because my dad hadn't seen it. I'm like, oh, I think you'd really enjoy this movie. Yeah. And we also watched uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, still, still really, really good. Okay. Um, but we were watching Snatch and Bricktop. His whole thing is that he's setting up these fights, these mm-hmm. underground boxing matches. In this movie, they're actually he wants him to win. Like they're not like he mm-hmm. needs to fall, which is what I thought was going to happen. I'm like, you need him to make sure that he goes down in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen at all. He's actually like getting pissed. He's like, he needs to fight, and now you have to start training because you have to beat him. Yeah, a, a big, big portion of the movie is actually just maneuvering Michael Jai White to to fighting Boyka. Yeah, because like Boyka comes after him right away, but it's it's more just like a prison scuffle, not some, yeah. not like an, not like a step towards an organized contest. So like Gaga is like, 
poking at the warden, like trying to get him to to want to fight. And so, the, like, I forget if the uh, shoveling shit scene happens before or after the dinner. Um, that's that's what leads to the dinner, I do believe. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, that's what, that when dinner happens, that's when he goes down there, because like, you're just still not, no, 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 is it the shower, maybe? That was right away. That was right away. That was right. the very first thing. And um, then, yeah. But the shoveling shit scene, um, I do think it happened before the dinner, because I, um, what happens is the warden, uh, basically, uh, Michael Jai White's character is very resistant to being in prison. Um, mm-hmm. He picks fights with the guards and the other prisoners constantly, mm-hmm. <laughs> constantly, because yes. this is a directed video movie directed by a martial artist, so why not have as many fight scenes as possible? And uh, what happens is he gets punished uh, first to, like, clear out the the one drain in the entire prison so it's basically just a pool of shit where you Mm. shovel and then he has to go in the equivalent to the hole which is oh theirs is awful oh yeah it's legitimate it's portrayed in a in a good way where it's like this actually does seem bad i would have given like just immediately i'm done i'm done hitting you guys whatever you want to do because it is a it is the basement which is flooded (laughs) in a it's freezing in this place. It's it's yeah. winter. It's it's snowy outside in every shot we get. It's freezing in the prison, yeah. and they send him in a cage with water. They throw him in the water first. So yeah. He's, so he's waist deep in water filled with rats. Yeah. And there's a grating above his head and very little natural light, if any. He's freezing. So he is freezing cold, and it's only because Krat gives him some soup, soup and bread and, and pills for his fever yeah. that he survives. So after all this, the warden comes to Michael Jai White and tells him that, you know, things could be a little better for you if you just fight this guy. And it's that that kind of gets the ball rolling. That and Steve Stevie urging him to I think he even basically says like stick to the program. Yeah. Basically he's trying to there's a theme especially in the first two thirds of the movie that it's like accept your your place. Like that's the theme of the the wheelchair man, Krat, yeah. uh, or Nikolai, that his mantra is that I've been in here so long, and the way I survive is that I understand this is where I am and this is where I will be. Whereas Michael Jai White's character has that very American mentality of just mm. like, no, like there's always a way. Like I'm gonna get out of here. So when he does decide, when spoiler, um, <laughs> he does decide to uh, fight. Um, and he, I think this is when he goes to see Boyka training, and Boyka has got um, some kind of arm arm bar of some kind. I'm not real sure. Uh, he straight up breaks this dude's arm. Yeah. In training. Yeah. He's just running through people like a mountain dude. <laughs> yeah, he's. I don't know how this guy has friends. <laughs> like he's an absolute asshole. But no, he's he, got mob. I guess he's got mob protection. No, that's the thing. These are his guys. Like, like the the guy who drugs Stevie. Yeah. It's one of his guys. Yeah, like they're loyal to him. Oh, he kills the fuck out of that. He dude. kills two guys. Yeah, and he, uh, even his trainer, the guy in his corner, he he cuts his finger. He cuts well, his he, thumb. He cut his a little bit, so he kind of had that coming. I go, because like it's it's a different world, Trevor. You wouldn't can understand. You, can you imagine? You're <laughs> just think you're a professional athlete, and let's just say you're, we'll say you're a football player, and um, you go in to see your trainer. And he hits you in the knee with a fucking, like, like just, he's using a hammer on something and he misses, hits his kneecap. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He hits your, That's my career. Yeah, it hits your knee. $16 million knee. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to punch him in the throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but there's just a, a, another one of those weird little scenes that yeah. it 
could have been nothing. It could have just been him being mean or like stomping around his room, but it's him getting his wrists wrapped or unwrapped rather yeah. by his trainer. And the trainer accidentally like nips him in the wrist. And in retaliation, Boyka takes the scissors from him and cuts his thumb. <laughs> what I do appreciate about Boyka is that he is not a cheater. Um, no. Which is what I was expecting. He's a but religious man. He's a religious, but he's I, he does flip out when he <laughs> finds out that they drugged him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's I, important for him to know that he actually won. I, I, I appreciate that in the uh, in the villain. Like, oh, no, 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 he's on. Well, that's what I like about him as a villain. And this is something that I, I like to see in movies, mm. especially sports movies, um, is the understanding that even in a contest, I, there doesn't need to be a completely antagonistic relationship between the two people. Mm-hmm. The guy who the the guy who the protagonist is fighting doesn't necessarily have to be complete utter yeah. evil yeah in this case like in boyka's case he's he's a jerk <laughs> but it's a prison there's yeah. gonna be jerks <laughs> and he is he does have morals like he does have a he does have a center to him mm-hmm. so he's a slightly complex character at the very least he, he could have just they could have they could have done the van damme format or the or the rocky four format where uh boyka well I can't remember if Stevie killed himself or was killed by Boyka's handlers, but Boyka didn't do it by himself. Boyka didn't order it. No, Boyka didn't order, but Stevie kills himself. Okay, so it's see, guilt. see, in in most of these types of movies, what would have happened is Boyka would have hurt somebody close to Michael Jai White, and that's what would have forced the conflict. That's what I was thinking was going to happen. And I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, because it's like you don't. That doesn't need to be there to force the motivations between the two characters. Michael Jai White is just an obstacle. Michael Jai White is absolutely believable as a badass. Like anytime that he's getting into a scuffle, I'm like, oh, he's he's gonna fuck you up. Like, <laughs> you're gonna be hurting. Like he, you may win the war, but he's going to win the battle. Like he's gonna yeah. smack you around. Um, I the, the other line I really liked because uh, it's a sports movie. It's like, <laughs> what are you waiting for? The bell. <laughs> I just thought that was good. I'm well, like, oh, nice. That that actually plays into the. Uh, the climax of the movie, the the final fight. Yes, final fight. So, the final fight in the movie is a rematch between Boyka and Chambers. And the difference this time around is that now Chambers is wearing uh, the USSR trunks uh, given to him by Krot, which somehow fit. Yeah. <laughs> Krot must have been really big when his legs worked. He must have been. <laughs> he must have been jacked. Yeah. But... Um, the difference this time is that instead of using pure boxing techniques, now Chambers miraculously learned all the jujitsu. All the jujitsu. <laughs> um, that is one of the dumbest elements of the script. Is if, the time that he learns all these things is unreasonable. If you spend a month, I'd say if you, if as a professional as a professional athlete, this no. character, if he spends a month on two moves. And I'm talking like he's got all day to like he's got he's got <laughs> yeah, eight. He's in prison. He's, he's not pr- going anywhere. <laughs> he can practice in the gym. He can practice in yeah. a lot of places. I think that it's believable that he could pull off one or one or two moves. However, <laughs> he needs to know how to counteract the counter. Yeah, that's the thing. So yes, I do believe that he could pull off one of these moves. However, when he gets the the fucking horrific leg break i was i knew it was gonna happen yeah, too yeah. i'm like yeah, 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 yeah. It's <laughs> and then i like the cgi right after that it was you the only tell. cgi in the movie it, really it was, was pretty good i could tell it was yeah. it was the, that's the only time i ever noticed it but the fact that he's not countering uh, i think might speak to the talent of boyka 
because Boyka, like like I said before, he's breaking dudes' arms in practice. Oh yeah. No. So I feel like he doesn't really have a worthy adversary or somebody worthy of actually training with. He he's taken on two dudes at one time, and I think that might have like he thought he was the best, but he didn't. He wasn't actually training with the best. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, another thing I guess, and it's still not believable because the 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 time is what complicates things because yes. a professional boxer moves an entirely different Completely way than a mixed way. martial artist yeah. uh, like regardless of what discipline of mixed martial arts they put focus into just boxing has different principles to it yeah so it's it would have been more interesting i think if he was taught defense like how to anticipate the kicks and how to check them and how to deal with them rather than implement them into his own arsenal um what is slightly defensible is the fact that Krat, I think, is supposed to be ex Spetsnaz or something, mm-hmm. and uh, martial arts like Krav Maga and like Russo are developed by the military, mm-hmm. meaning their techniques have killing principles rather than self-defense. Yes. So things like joint locks, it's not so much you're going to tap this person, you're just going to off them. Yeah. So you, one could argue, I guess, that if a skilled practitioner and something like that, if they were to get into a grappling situation, might have a slight edge. Mm. But again, it's not defensible because the idea of him picking this up in a weekend is just silly. But it makes for a decent fight. Um, I do feel that it's slightly unbalanced, though. And that's where my disappointment comes in, mm. is that um, Boyka is not... Again, in wrestling parlance, <laughs> booked to be as strong as I would have liked. It's not as even a fight as I would have liked. Because it, it covers three rounds, the second of which is like sinfully short. Mm-hmm. It feels brief. Because like, it literally it goes do 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 and then yeah, you've it, got it, a lock. It feels um, unreasonably short. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like there were three rounds, it feels like there was one and a half. Um, but yeah, Boyka is shown to be not as formidable to the point that it's almost kind of a letdown because the moves he does up to that point in the movie are incredible. Like he's making shit up in midair and yeah. they showcase it with the editing and the angles in such a beautiful way to the point that when you see him put on his heels so easily in the last fight, it's disappointing because you want him to do well, even though he's a jerk. And by the time we get to the last round, that stupid fucking song starts playing. Yeah. It comes up at least twice in the movie and even works its way into the fourth, I think. God, that song's embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> um, the last round of the fight uh the what are you waiting for george yeah. the bell yeah the bell um the entirety of that round is just him deciding to win and it, yeah. it does not feel earned at all because there needs to be a progression in the flow of the fight you need to see you need to see that that we got here through struggle of some sort as opposed to just the next round starts and all of a sudden he's just winning well how he wins is um it's interesting because I I wrestled so I know what it's I know what it's like to be it's it's a weird it's a weird situ- situation to be in because sometimes it can just be quiet and you actually have time to think about what you have to do. Other times it's just automatic. Yeah, you practice yeah. things so much it just comes second second nature. So sometimes you get into a position where you're like, oh man, I don't know how to counter this. I actually have to think about what I'm doing. And you actually see him when he gets taken down like that. That's his problem. Is he's pretty much he's. It's like fighting Ronda Rousey. Like, I cannot get on the ground with this guy because yeah. I do not know what I'm doing. Don't get on the ground with Ronda Rousey. She'll break your leg. Yeah. Um, but if you go toe-to-toe with her, Manda Nunes, figure that out. Um, 
But as soon as you see him go on the ground, you're like, fuck, now this is a problem. Well, yeah, the second round ends with him in a, in a leg lock mm-hmm. that they get split up because the bell rings. Yes. So, But they get into um, what my friend, uh, I want to call, he, he calls it um, a 69-foot rub. Oh, um, that's actually... Yeah, I'll go with so, that. I'll go with that. That's so, accurate. <laughs> so what he and his girlfriend would do is a 69 foot rub. They would sit on the couch on opposite ends and you'd uh-huh. have like if you had a sibling, you would both lay on the you both sit on the couch yeah. and have your legs Smell on the couch. my foot. Yeah. <laughs> but what you do is you have the TV positioned in the middle and you give each other a foot rub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just yeah, you just give you each just other just cradle a each other's feet. My f- my girlfriend is disgusted by my feet, so she refuses to do this. Oh. Uh but those of you out there, sixty-nine foot rub. But that's basically what the last, the last, uh, the last bit of the movie is for the fight. Yeah, is that Scott Atkins has a vague, or I'm sorry, Yuri has a, a vague lock. I don't know what this this movie is. I don't know jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just looks like he has his foot. I don't know if he's just like, if he's keeping one leg in place and then twisting the other one, which I don't even. I would I wouldn't think that's uh, a move, or was he mo- like bending his ankle, trying to bend his ankle? I really don't know what the move was. It looked, it didn't look like a move, but Michael Jai White's in a position to get the hyperextension on the knee. Yeah. So basically, um, Michael Jai White positions Scott Atkins heel on top of his his uh what would you call that his lat? Oh, right here on the shoulder, just like on the shoulder. On this, his on his shoulder. Lat. Oh, okay. sorry, deltoid. <laughs> Delts over here. Okay. I know anatomy. Shut Sorry. up. <laughs> it's like he puts his heel on his shoulder, and then he cinches his hands over his kneecap and applies pressure, and it basically it's it almost amounts to a compound fracture of his kneecap. If you see, the, if you watch this and you see this, it like the whole time I'm like uncomfortable. I, I <laughs> oh no! It's happening. gonna happen. Oh, it's gonna no. happen. <laughs> I think that is one of the most horrific things to see is somebody hyperextend their knee. Ooh. Because I can't imagine. I think you pass out from the pain, I would think. Like, I would want to. Jesus. Okay. It's not a hyperextension of the knee, but um, one of the worst wrestling injuries I've ever seen was Sid Sid Justice or Sid Vicious, depending on what era. Um, <laughs> Mankind, dude, love uh, Cactus Jack. Yeah. Um, another nickname, I guess, would be Mega Mullet or a King. Like. Uh, savior of savior of the rednecks, I guess. What a <laughs> That's Legion of Doom. And so I'm, I'm talking like leather leather cut off vest yeah. and blonde curly mega mullet, greased up, to, yeah. and a pug face looks like made of leather. Uh, um, this guy's like six nine or something. Anyway, he jumps off the top rope, and he lands funny on his one foot and the middle of his shin. Oh god damn. Uh just miraculously Ooh. bends sideways and turns to rubber. Oh god. And uh the worst part of it, he's on his back and his leg is elevated, so the rubber element is just dangling. Oh. And it's the bottom half of his shin. Oh, it's so bad. And it's like put it down for the love of god, otherwise Jeez. it might fall off. Uh, I forgot there was a basketball player like 2012-2013. I think I can't remember his name, but he just landed on his chin and it snapped in fucking half. I can't. No, yeah. Oh god. Leg injuries. So yeah, they suck. <laughs> I, I, I watched the TV show Tosh Point I think it's very funny, but he showcases videos on the internet that you don't think should be on TV because it's a lot of like a lot of breaks and a lot of injuries and stuff like that. I've seen a lot of those and. I think maybe because of that, watching this movie, I was just like, oh, God. Oh, it. Yeah, uh, no, it, it's like a, a butt clencher. It's just like, <laughs> oh, no, it's going to happen. The noise, And then the noise is a... Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, what, what's nice about that sequence, like I said, the whole last round, I think, is a bit of a foul-up. But um, that part, I, I do like that they cut back to um, the training between Krat and him. It's yes. actually a very specific lock, joint lock that he taught him. And you can see him, like, mulling it over, where mm. it's like, he's pretty much won here. But then he's thinking to, um, you'll never get out. Yeah. And it's like, this guy's not tapping. And Boyk is like even yelling at him, like, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker, and things yeah. like that. And I th- it kind of puts him in like a in a bit of a more positive light, I guess, the George Chambers character. Because mm-hmm. when he breaks the leg, it's like he's he's weighing it in his mind. He's yeah. like, am I going to do this? And yeah. and then he does it because he's, he needs to win to fight. To, he has to, to win to get out. Yes. He has to win to get out. And he's not, and this guy's not going to tap unless you break yeah, it. Yeah, no, Boyka, it doesn't have any quit in him. Also, he's not going to retaliate because one, he's in prison, and two, you break a, a prize fighter's leg. No, he's not having two more or three more movies. Yeah, <laughs> he's clearly not he's not going to have a franchise he's not after have this. A franchise after this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's doing vodka commercials. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He's doing sake commercials in Japan because <laughs> that's where he's going to have to go now. Yeah, that that figures into an element that we didn't really touch on was that um when michael jai white agrees to fight boyka for the second time mm-hmm. he does so with the caveat that he'll get some extra resources mm-hmm. and he parlays that into uh, purchasing snow coats for all the prisoners there. yes that and was, that was nice uh, it's it's kind of weird because they even have like an I am Spartacus moment where they the, do the, they where do. the one guy puts a, a coat on him when he's like strung up like basically crucified out in the yard, and and it shows like a earning of trust where it's like they're starting to see humility in in this American guy mm-hmm. and he's returning it in kind and what's kind of neat it's it's really contrived and silly but um what i do like about that though is that it's it's not until he does that for the prisoners mm. that crot um approaches him crot is in the background the the man oh, in the wheelchair yes, 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 yes. he's he's introduced early in the film but he doesn't become an element in the story until he sees that this guy has a heart i guess i th- i think they're the very the very beginning of the movie i think it's it's boyka we're introduced to first before michael j white correct I think, I think so. I think yeah. the first. I think thing, he's praying, and that's like the first shot we get of him. Uh, and um, what's the guy in wheelchair's name? Crot, Nikolai. Nikolai. Um, he is he trying to talk to him or something like that? I don't think he was trying to talk to him. It was one of uh, one of his handlers, like okay. one of his underlings. And he says, "Get the fuck out of here," which I think is a really terrible way to introduce a character who's in the middle of praying. Yeah. But I get it. They're trying to make him. Be- Make it clear he's the bad guy. Yeah. But I do think that's a terrible way to introduce him. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah, that accent's pretty funny. <laughs> it, um, it gets better. <laughs> well, it, I, it takes like 10 years. <laughs> I guess to uh, I guess to bring it all full circle. Yes. Um, May as well. I uh, I was surprised that I actually really like... I actually like this movie. Okay. Um, I don't want to see any more of these movies, please. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sad. Uh, but I get, I get what you're. I think I get where you're coming from. I think that Scott Atkins is incredible in the fighting scenes. Like you can see that he's legit doing this. Well, what, what? Something I hadn't mentioned mm-hmm. is a big, a big element of his his success. Mm-hmm. I think, and I mean, this is a guy who has been doing this for years, and 
only started to get like leading roles direct to video yeah. like within the past 10 years um a big element of his success again bringing things back to wrestling is that he came up quote unquote the right way mm-hmm. and that is he wasn't the star yeah he was the guy who falls down so in wrestling there's two ways to come up in the business there's you get fingered from a crowd you get you get a push they yeah. call it so you get to you just uh get the management behind you and they have confidence in you and they put you out there because they know that you're you're hot shit and they it's like steven seagal basically <laughs> so steven seagal to me is the open ultimate example of someone who got the ultimate push mm-hmm. his first movie he was the star of and the entire script was tailored around his life story uh, i have the poster right over there above the law oh yeah you're right that's his first movie and the the entire intro sequence of that movie is him at his dojo showing off his aikido skills <laughs> and uh the way he got that role was some producer saw him doing an Aikido demonstration, thought mm-hmm. he had this mystique about him and thought oh, he yeah. should be in movies. Yeah. And look where he is now. Scott Adkins, though, started out and had to pay his dues. Yeah. He wasn't the star. He was there to make the star look good. And to me, that's how you become a good martial arts performer in film, is that you first need to learn how to fall down before you can learn how to be the guy in charge. Do and you- that's what he does really well, is if you watch him like getting manhandled by michael jai white he sells it yeah like he he takes hits as good as he dishes them out and think of how many times you've seen steven seagal get hit in oh a movie. gosh you've never you seen can count on one hand one hand how many times he's been hit you that fight that knife him. fight with, oh with tommy lee jones yeah. he gets a little nick on the eyebrow on the eyebrow and that's it that's, <laughs> that's the, the equivalent of that guy in 300 watching his son be decapitated <laughs> <laughs> he just goes into berserker, just rage. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't touch Steven Seagal. Like it's just. It... Yeah, to me, Scott Atkins, a lot of his talent comes from having been on both ends of it. So would you say you picked this movie because one, you wanted me to see? I wanted you to start where I did. Gotcha. And see and to appreciate where he got, like where he came from, and where he got to, and where he's at now. Mo- mostly, I just wanted you to see see things from the place that I came from because I have better movies of his on my shelf. I could have easily given you one of those. You could give me Boyka. I, I mean, that movie's pretty fucking cool, dude. <laughs> like, and the difference between that is that it came out like 10 years later and now it's his movie. He's in 90% of the scenes. It's his story. Um, it's not like Undisputed 2 where he's just he just shows up when the script demands it. Okay. And well, it shows a, a massive difference in like confidence on the on the you know part of the director and the producers that the, okay we can have this guy carry a movie and he does it I think pretty successfully. I don't even want to mention the the last part where he he gets oh, the, yeah it's just so stupid. Uh, I, it, the long story short, man in wheelchair has like a granddaughter or a niece, niece or something, or something yeah, yeah. some female that he has to meet and Michael Jai White. Wheels him out to a train station, cleans him up, hands him off to his niece or whatever, and then happily after after. Sequel set up, he gets money from the mob, he says, I'm going to fucking get you, and the mob, uh, Gaga's like, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <Rough>. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually, like I said, I enjoyed this more than I thought it was going to. Uh, I definitely see why you like Scott Atkins, he's he's crazy talented. Michael Jai White, uh, this was after Spawn, too, so, like... He's one of those guys who just never took off as much as yeah. I think he should have, because he... I mean, Black Dynamite's great fun. I haven't um, seen Black Dynamite. I, that might be on the list here before long. Um, 
He's he's good in some of those like Tyler Perry movies. I mean, <laughs> is he's he in there. Yeah, he's, I haven't he's seen in, a second of any. Yeah, of he's movies. in a few of them. Uh, he's he's always good. He's just it's just unfortunate that it seems like in terms of casting, just never got the right roles. He's kind he's kind of more. I feel like he's more of an athlete than he is an actor. I feel like he's more talented as a martial artist than he is actually at acting. But I liked him in uh, The Dark Knight. <laughs> a little, a little bit. He was in there. Yeah, he was good, and uh, he's in Exit Wounds as the uh, as, need, as I, the villain. He goes opposite Steven Seagal in that one. I need to see more of his movies. Um, I just wanna, I just wanna end with my uh, biggest problem of the movie. Take, take um, it, take it. Which was, uh, let me see. I sent you a text yesterday because I actually <laughs> forgot to write it down. Oh. Um, oh, I said, don't let me forget about. Toilet water potato vodka. <laughs> uh, so, so a lot of times in prison movies, you'll see there's a certain there's a certain lick or a certain uh, um, alcohol that they can make. Yeah, uh, it's really high proof and it's basically like a wine, toilet wine. Um, <laughs> but there's a fermenting process that makes it super duper strong. Probably more like. Um, not a port because a port is actually mixed with brandy, uh, so it actually has d- a distilled um, distilled wine in it. Okay. Um, but wine and liquor are there's different me- there's there different methods in creating. So wine is essentially like making tea with yeast. Like you're okay. so you're basically steeping yeah. it into water, and you have yeast, which is actually an alcohol anyway. <laughs> um, but to make liquor. There's the distillation, which means you need heat. You actually have mm. to you actually mm-hmm. have to heat it up. So mm-hmm. when this guy is saying like this is this is potato vodka, I made it in the toilet. <laughs> he's just saying like I made wine because that's the only way you're gonna make it in the toilet. It's just a type of wine. I'm like, how is he make potato wine in the toilet? Yeah, he's like, how do you make potato vodka without the without distilling? You have to have you have to have the distilling process to make liquor. And I didn't see anything in his cell resembling still <laughs> so I was just like ah, I'm not a mathematician but I don't think well that see it's that could have very easily played into like a goofy scene where like some hipster dude or something passes by and just like overhears and then it comes back and puts his finger up and says <laughs> well actually I believe that this potato toilet wine <laughs> toilet wine which has got to taste disgusting this is potato toilet wine uh, and then they have to beat his ass because this is prison (laughs) you don't tell me what kind of booze I'm drinking (laughs) movie death there's one there's a few movie deaths but my favorite because I actually wasn't expecting it um I thought they were legit gonna let his um let his uh manager go oh yeah or I was I think they might actually let him go (laughs) like no he was too slimy he gets into the car and Headshot. Oh, as yeah, soon yeah. as he gets in, headshot. Yeah, body um, count's very low in this movie, but that's a good one. He gets macked. He gets he, he gets get mac. He gets macked. <laughs> like you see the the headshot and then the behind. It better, but then again, this is like twenty years later. And twenty really. years later, and like fifty million dollars less. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. Come on, man. And um, how do you know they didn't just actually shoot a guy? This is Eastern Europe. Yeah. That, that was the best movie death. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much it. That yeah, I, have. I think that closes the book on Undisputed 2, Last Man Standing. Um, thank you very much for watching it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I introduced you to Scott Adkins. Um, I was going to have to eventually. 
Um, it had to happen. <laughs> May as well start where I started. So I'm actually uh, so next next episode it will be most likely Trevor um, watching the movie that oh, he hasn't seen yeah. yet. And you know what? Uh, we haven't quite gotten the format down, but I'm going to give you a choice on this one. Oh, um, and okay. then we can figure on the out, spot. On the spot, we can we can figure out what I'm going to have to watch after that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you the choice between the counselor. Okay. Uh, which I really, really like. It was directed not... by Ridley Scott, yes. starring Michael Fassbender and everyone else. Everybody else. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. It wasn't received well. Um, yeah, general consensus is that it's garbage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, uh, but we'll see. Uh, the other one, uh, because we mentioned it, and you've actually seen the third movie, Green Street Hooligans. Uh, <laughs> because it is that is Frodo Baggins and the guy from Sons of Anarchy. I can never remember his name. Not Channing Tatum, basically. Uh, or Hunnam? Brit- or Bri- uh, yeah, Charlie Hunnam. Char- is that- Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Uh, um like so yeah, the the most jacked gothic horror star ever. Like, have you have you seen uh, the Crimson Peak movie? No, is he in that? Yes. Ooh, I want to kind of. Is that? Um, it's fun. It's is fun. that? Um, Guillermo. It is Guillermo del Toro. I knew I should have watched it. Um, yeah, he's in there, and it takes place at a certain point in history where I'm pretty sure dudes didn't have physiques like that interesting and he's like oh, no, you know no, no, he's no, no, in no. like button-ups and vests the whole movie so he's just like they ate pies and smoked pipes man you didn't have a six-pack oh yeah i mean this is this is this is the poor. age of the consumption where it's like <laughs> i drank i drank too much and i died <laughs> uh so yeah i'll give you the option between the counselor and green street hooligans i'm picking the counselor all right okay so yeah n- next time it will be Trevor catching up on The Counselor. Okay, well, we'll see you next time to catch up on cinema. All right.